All right, guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Rigos Rag Podcast. I say welcome back because it's been a little while. Uh, it happens. It's the busy time of year. Uh, we got school and work and everything. So uh, a lot on our plates, but we're here with you back again today to give you the Rigos Rag Podcast. Going to be talking all things Redskins. And uh, obviously a lot more to talk about now. Uh, throughout the offseason, we are kind of speculating and everything. But now... It's on the table. We all know what we're talking about. Uh, the Redskins came into week one and really demolished the Cardinals 24-6. to So a lot of good things to talk about in there. Uh, first off, Jacob, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm just hanging out down here in North Carolina. Um, it's pretty good. I've, I'm not near the hurricane for those wondering, but yeah. Uh, th- things are going good. Yeah, Redskins look good. Yeah, they do. Uh, stay safe out there, everyone who's uh, in the range of the hurricane. Nathan, how you doing? It's been a while. Yeah, it has been. I'm doing pretty good. I'm up here in Virginia, completely away from the hurricane. So <clears throat> you guys can keep all that rain, Jacob. <laughs> I don't need any of that up here. We have plenty. But the Redskins look good. My boys are back. So we're keeping it moving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll start with you. Uh, just kind of. Starting with you, uh, what did you like the most about what you saw last weekend? Because there was a lot to take away from it. You know, obviously it wasn't it wasn't perfect. It's never perfect, but it was pretty close to perfect. And if you take into account, especially if you take into account, you know, Jay Gruden's past in Week One, like he, everyone's, we've all been saying he's winless in Week One. He's got to get that win. He got the monkey off his back. What stood out most to you while he was doing it? Yeah, I think a few things really stood out to me, a couple really good things, and something that really kind of caught my eye, I texted you guys a a little bit earlier this week, but I'll go into the good first. Um, I really like what I saw from Quentin Dunbar. Uh, He impressed me as, like, the first time starting outside for, you know, getting the start, going out there for the full game and doing it. He was was around the ball a lot. He was making plays, breaking up passes, making tackles, got the interception uh, late in the game. So I like what I saw from him. I don't know. You know, we don't know if it's going to be like this for 16 weeks or if he's going to have time where he really kind of gets beat up and we scratch our heads a little bit, wonder if this is going to work. But for for the first time, what we saw, I liked it a lot. I think that there's a lot of there's upside there because, I mean, this is a make-or-break year, I think, for that secondary position. I think we have a lot of unproven talent, as we've said before. And Josh Norman, who's got more days behind him than in front of him, uh, you know, every day you know, in the league, you, you, the more you play the – the more you decline just because of age and all that. So this is a this is a vital year to see what we have in Quentin Dunbar and Fabian Rowe, maybe Danny Johnson, Donis Alexander, Greg Stroman, and uh, really what we have left in Josh Norman because we could really see, I mean, if, if Fabian Rowe and Quentin Dunbar go out there and they show that they can't do it and Josh Norman, you know, with a big cap hit next year proves that he can't do it really anymore, mm-hmm. you know, we could be looking at that being our, you know, one of our first two picks in the draft having to get another corner to start on the outside and be, you know, get that position locked up. So seeing him go out there and have a, have a good start and showing a little bit of upside, I liked a lot too. Uh, one thing that I saw that kind of concerned me and, you know, you know, you can't make all this judgment for the entire season off one game is the lack of outside receivers. I know uh, Paul Richardson got some balls, but it really wasn't anything, you know, what we brought him in, you, you bring him in, he's got the speed skill set, so you think he's going to be stretching the field a little bit. He wasn't really doing that. He's kind of playing more of a Jameson Crowder role, just outside a little bit more than in the middle of the field. And Josh Doxa, I think, had th- only three targets and, and, and only caught one ball. That's a little bit concerning to me, to, and uh, you know, I want to keep an eye on that because you invested a first-round pick in Doxon. You know, he hasn't been able to do it for his first couple years, or inconsistently, I should say. And for him to go out there and not really have an impact – 
especially with a guy like Alex Smith who went a full season without a touchdown to wide receiver. I think that this is an important uh, relationship to watch if they can build some chemistry and, and get it going. Because I, I do think there's going to be times where we can't re- – Chris Thompson's going to get used a lot. Jordan Reed's banged up all the time. We know that. Paul Richardson's hurt now. We've got a shoulder issue. So there's going to be times where they need to rely on Josh Doxson. And if, if they can't form that chemistry or he shows that he can't do it or that Alex Smith is unwilling to go to him – I think that could spell problems for this offense down the road, but in one game, I'm not going to overblow it too much. It's just something I saw. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Everyone, I'm sure a lot of people got thoughts on both those. I mean, I'll start with Quentin Dunbar. I mean, I was, I was very happy to see how he played. He was, he was amazing. He was like, he was all over the field. He was high pointing the ball and pass coverage. I mean, made that one deflection on Larry Fitzgerald. You know, he was zipping in there, and you could tell he knew what he was looking at too. Like that's half the game as a corner. You got to know what you're looking at, and then you got to apply your physical skills to it. And he did that to perfection in week one. Now, is it going to continue? That's obviously the question that needs to be answered in the coming weeks. And we we knew coming into the season that both Dunbar and Fab, Fabian Moreau are kind of the really good measurables guys, really good height, weight, speed prospects. Can they put it together? It looks like Dunbar has started to do that, and he's obviously. You know, you hear him talking to interviews. He, he he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. So that's half the thing, half the equation. He's got the speed and the and the length. So I'm very excited to see how he progresses. About the receivers, I think you'll agree with me here. I, I kind of agree with you. It, it is a concern because of the investment. Like we gave Richardson an eight million a year contract, which I mean now I guess after more contracts that come up, it's not. It doesn't look too expensive, but. And then also, you know, spent the first rounder on Doxon in 2016. Against the Cardinals, they really didn't have to use the receivers because the running game was working so well. But uh, that's definitely not going to be the case in every game. And I said it in my ingredients for improvement. You said it earlier in the podcast. You know, they're going to have to be flexible. And they're going to have to use those guys for what they're good at eventually. So that's it's definitely something to watch. Jacob, any any thoughts you got on this? Uh, what what'd you take away from week one? This is going to be really weird for me because I think I'm being the voice of reason here for once, which is a rarity. <laughs> but, um, I, I would I would encourage you guys, I know you've already mentioned this, not overreacting to one game. I really think in that game the Redskins were just taking what was given to them. And the way that Alex Smith operates as a quarterback, he really likes to throw in the tight end and throw the running backs. And those guys are just getting open and finding space. Like Chris Thompson looked as explosive as ever. And Jordan Reed was finding space and he caught a touchdown. I just think it in this game, the outside receivers and all those guys, just they were not finding as much space, which is reasonable because Patrick Peterson's on one side of the field. And Smith just got comfortable to run the tight ends of running back. So I kind of think that the receiver thing won't be an issue. If it becomes a problem against the Colts, who have a weaker secondary, then, then we can start talking about a little bit of panic setting in. Uh, but for now, I think it was just Smith taking what, he, uh, what was given to him. Um, you brought up the run game, Ian. I think that was absolutely a key to them winning this game. Because if I remember correctly, I think the Redskins had about 38 minutes in terms of time of possession, which is huge. That's absolutely skewed numbers. And they just wore out the Cardinals by running the ball repeatedly with Adrian Peterson, which I would caution them against doing that too frequently because you don't want to wear him out too early in the season. But, I mean, and Thompson, as I mentioned, looked very explosive. And the fact of the matter is a lot of people were calling for the team to keep a backup on the roster for him 
And it doesn't look like we need that because even though he said he wasn't going to be fully healthy or 100% until November, he looked very explosive and like he's going to be a playmaking threat. And that's all they really need from him is to draw some attention away from the other guys. But, yeah, the offense the offense looked really good. It was clicking on all cylinders. They were methodical. They were moving the ball down the field. And, really, that's, that's what you should expect from an Alex Smith team is controlling the game. And I think they did a really good job of that, and that's – part of why they were able to get such a big win in week one yeah i think the time of possession the redskins had 38 minutes compared to the cardinals 22 so that's almost double the time of possession and that's like if you can do that i'm sure i i don't know if i don't know the stat i'm sure you, if you researched you'd find it but like teams with uh almost double the time of possession of the other team I'm sure their win and loss record has to be pretty high historically. I mean, that's a very good way to go about winning a game. And the Redskins, I mean, Alex Smith, let's just uh, take a minute to appreciate how good of a fit he is with these weapons. I mean, you said yourself, Jacob, he loves throwing to the running, running back and the tight end. I mean, to give him Chris Thompson and Jordan Reed, two of the better receiving weapons in the league at, at those positions, some would, some would say the best, one of the best, some of the best, uh, players of those positions receiving wise I mean it's it's good to see and I mean you can tell the chemistry is there with Thompson right away and Thompson's as fast as he's ever been Jordan Reed is still healthy fingers crossed knock on wood uh but it's just I mean if that's how you're gonna win if you don't really need those receivers yeah you're you're right I mean it, it sucks that you spent that much on those guys but if you can win some other way if you can if you have a way that works consistently then that's what you got to use. Now, uh, Nathan, I'll go to you. Looking forward to the Colts now. Um, the Colts are an interesting team in their own right. Uh, what are your initial thoughts about the Colts? Do you think the Redskins strategy against the Cardinals is going to work for them, or do you think they're going to have to switch something up? What's What's your take right now? Um, I think, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more of the same. I think that the ability to run the ball is going to be there. Now, I don't know if you're going to give Adrian Peterson the ball 26 times, if you're going to work Rob Kelly or with uh, <clears throat> uh, Paul Richardson probably not playing, Trey Quinn out for the year, Cam Sims out there. Oh, Maybe you dress him P. Ryan and up. work him in. Um, <laughs> so I, I think you're going to see the, the running game is going to be pretty effective as too. And, and going back to those guys being out, including Paul Richardson, most likely not going to play. He didn't practice today. I don't see him playing on Sunday. Uh, with that shoulder, you know, they have really no reason to play him if he's not right with the success they had last week. I think that, you know, going back to James' point where we shouldn't overreact, I think the Josh Doxson situation will, this will be a game where, where Alex Smith is going to have a chance to go and attack and, and see if that chemistry is there, if you can go to him, you can trust him and see what they have there. Um, defensively, I don't trust their the Colts running backs. I don't think that they're going to have any really any success. They're going to have a you know, they're not going to have a really a bell count. I don't think Marlon Mack's going to make his debut this Sunday. Jordan Wilkins did whatever he did last week. I think that the the, the front sevens will be able to shut that down. But Andrew Luck, they threw the ball, what, 50 times with him last week? Yep. So you, you're going to look and see that they're that's where they're going to go. They're going to put it in the air. And they have uh, T.Y. Hilton, who's more of a down-the-field, take-the-top-off type receiver than anyone that the Cardinals have. So that's going to be one thing I want to watch to see how they can respond to having that deep threat and not have everything right in front of them all the time. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Jacob, what about you? What are your initial thoughts for this game? Yeah, I definitely think the same 
game plan they use against the Cardinals is going to work because the Colts still have what is on paper one of the weaker defenses in the NFL. And that's not to discredit what their new GM, Chris Ballard, has done. It's just more of the, the team's still a work in progress as Andrew Luck is coming back and getting healthier and as they look to develop young, faster, at more, more athletic guys on both sides of the ball. Um, so I think the Redskins should be able to execute the same game plan against that defense, target the tight ends a lot, Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis, get them on the field together, especially if Richardson doesn't play. Um, I believe he's officially listed as questionable, but the fact that he didn't practice on Friday is definitely a major concern. Uh, but the fact is they have enough offensive weaponry to beat the Colts secondary because the Colts don't have much talent there. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, the big thing I'm watching in this game is the Redskins' pass rush because that was the one area against the Cardinals. Not that I felt like they didn't do well in, but I felt like there was room for improvement. Yeah. They were only able to get two sacks on Bradford, Sam Bradford, um, despite the fact that his line isn't all that good. The Colts are going to be without their starting left tackle, Anthony Costanzo, this week. Um, he suffered a setback in practice, so he's out. Um, last week, Jamarcus Webb was their starting right tackle. He's now on injured reserve. So you're going to be looking at Joe Haig at left tackle, and I believe rookie Braden Smith is going to get a shot at right tackle, and I see him as more of a guard. So if Ryan Kerrigan and Preston Smith can get some serious pressure on Andrew Luck, that's going to make it much harder for him to pass the ball. And as you said, Nathan, the Colts don't have much for running game as of right now. So if Luck's at least under pressure or even just like he starts feeling it a little bit and getting rid of the ball, um, it's, it's going to give the Redskins a chance to, um, you know, to get some sacks and really make an impact. Yeah, and that's really the big area that I'm watching. Yeah, the Colts to me kind of they look kind of similar to the Cardinals in the sense that offensively, what they're doing right now is similar. Like the Cardinals, the reason you know our pass rush definitely could have been better. It wasn't bad by any means, and some players individually were very good. I think Matt Ioannidis had a very good. He was very good. So was John John Allen, although he had limited snaps, and then Anderson of course got his first sack. So the hype train's rolling on Anderson. Uh, but uh, the the Cardinals, one of the reasons our pressure didn't do so well is because Bradford was getting the ball out very quickly. And, you know, first in some cases, like the Redskins last, last week, actually, you know, that works. You turn out yards, you move the chains, you just keep moving forward. Uh, it didn't really work for the Cardinals because our players were wrapping them up behind the line and, you know, very quick, very fast, and very precise with their tackling. The Colts kind of had the same strategy last week. Andrew Luck threw 39 passes. I think he only had like 318 yards, though. So, uh, you know, you know he's getting the ball out quick, and he's got guys like T.Y. Hilton and Ryan Grant who can get open underneath. Hilton can go deep, too, but that's not the way they were using him. Jack Doyle, too. So they have a lot of short-range targets. Um, Luck threw 53 passes last week of those 53. Uh, 26 were 0 to 10 yards down the field and between the hashes. So up the middle, short and sweet. That's what Luck likes right now. Well, he's still getting back up to speed. On- and if I may jump if I may jump in, I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Um, that What you just mentioned also plays into a fact or a stat that John Kime had earlier in the day. Luck's release, like average release after getting the ball, was about, I think, 2.52 seconds which was uh, good for sixth fastest among quarterbacks in the NFL that played last week. So 
the idea that he's trying to get the ball and get it out of his hands quick does mean that he's going to use more of that short to intermediate passing game. So that'll be something to watch for sure. Yeah, and I think no one's disputing the fact that Lug is a better quarterback than Sam Bradford. I mean, Bradford has had his highs, but Luck is an established passer as long as he can get back to where he was. And I think every week he's going to get better. So he's the key to this game because you look at the Colts running game, you know, you like to say they have potential. Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines are two very good rookies, in my opinion, who have good upside, but they're they're just not where they need to be right now. Uh, so I think a lot of it is going to fall on Luck's shoulders. And, you know, our defense played well against this kind of strategy last week. And Luck, under pressure last week, according to Pro Football Focus, he was 7 for 15 for 45 yards and an interception. So put him under pressure. It's gonna it's gonna cause trouble for sure. So I think if our defensive line can do what we think they can do against this Colts offensive line, I think then uh, it could be another great showing. But you know they got to bring the consistency. They got to rinse and repeat. That's the whole deal. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that this is gonna be a time. For, this is really gonna be more so of a feeler game to see what this team really is because they have elements. The Colts of you know they have elements of highs and lows both for their team i mean andrew luck is to andrew luck i know he's getting back in the swing of things but jacob you brought up the stat and he threw 50 times he didn't have a terrible game so i think that <clears> t.y <throat> hilton's still there I, I think that there's elements of this game that will really help the redskins show who they are maybe more so than last week where they kind of were able to do whatever they wanted uh that said i mean it it's all it almost has a feel of a trap game doesn't it where you know they, on paper, they look at what you know this team. They they look they're better. They're better than this Colts team. I think everybody would agree to that. So you, you don't want to go in there flat. You got to start strong again. And uh, I mean, if they can come out like they did last week, and I think I think the uh, presence of Alex Smith was a big factor in how they came out and were able to get going uh, faster than they have in years past. I, I think he was a big part of that, and I think that they're going to carry that over. He's just you know he's more, he's a professional. He knows what he's doing. Like. You know, there's not that whole, you know, Kirk Cousins. I know we, you know, beaten a dead horse at this point, but <laughs> he, that whole contract thing kind of hangs over him, and everything that happened in the offseason kind of hangs over. And there's that distraction where Alex Smith, he just wants to go play football. He wants to go out. And he wants to win games. And I think that this is a locker room, you know, with Trent Williams and Brian Kerrigan, Josh Norman, DJ Swearinger, who, who can really respond to that and go out there and do what they need to do. Adrian Peterson's been on good and bad teams. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. So. I really think I, I think that the the leadership and what this team is, how the leadership matches up with the talent, really will allow for them to to get going and get off to a good start. And uh, hopefully, they really can show you know anything that we kind of had questions about last week. They can kind of clear that up a little bit and show who they really are this week. Yeah, I, and you said it, it does. It does kind of feel like a trap game. I mean, but. The Cardinals game did kind of feel like that too. You know, everyone was coming in. It's like, you know, we could, we probably should win it, you know, looking at paper. But of course, back before the Cardinals game, we hadn't seen this 2018 Redskins team in person. So we didn't really know what to expect. I mean, you know, outside of preseason, which, you know, you can't really base your judgments off of that. But uh, they uh, they proved a lot of people wrong and some people right against the Cardinals. Hopefully they'll do the same against the Colts. I think... Um, the Colts definitely have a lot of potential, and they have some good pieces too. Uh, Quentin Nelson is an outstanding offensive guard already. I mean, he had some rookie growing pains in week one, but he was facing Geno Atkins, so, you know, what can you do? 
some veterans have growing pains against Atkins. So they got some good pieces. But I, I agree with you, Nathan. The Alex Smith factor does seem to be playing a part. And uh, we've seen it impact the passing game, the running game, just the offense as a whole. Uh, it's, they were very efficient last week and uh, against the Colts defense that really doesn't have any tangible areas where they're better than the Cardinals. I, I'd argue they're worse in almost every area. I mean, the defensive line, Hassan Ridgeway is a decent player. I mean, Danico Autry, I think he's going to be out for the game, which he was one of their better contributors last week. So that's going to be a hit. Al Woods, um, you know, marginal backup. He, he, he's shown some flashes, but again, it's like you're not ha- you don't have John Allen, Matt Ioannidis, and Deron Payne. It's just not the same and you don't not even Robert Kandichi and Corey Peters so and then linebackers half of that unit's rookies I think Darius Leonard and Sky Moore which you know they got upside but no one's saying they're locked down defenders and then obviously the secondary has its issues they got upside in the secondary too though I don't want to say their secondary is just a unit to be written off because they got Quincy Wilson who's a second round pick who has good measurables you know he, he should develop Malik Hooker uh, is he is he injured? I don't, I don't think he's injured, but if he's healthy, he's he's definitely a player to account for. So, but they have pieces. Can they put it together? I think the Redskins, if they keep playing like they did last week, can win it. But that that's the that's the issue. Yeah, and what you brought up regarding the Colts and just everything relating to their experience that's obviously important because they do have a lot of young guys on that roster. And like you said, you can't really write them off entirely because, you know, they have potential and upside and all those buzzwords that we love to talk about during the NFL draft. But I think the fact that it's the second game of the season is going to really give the Redskins an advantage because their team just in general has been together longer. And even though Alex Smith hasn't been with the team very long, he's been around the NFL long enough to really know how things run, obviously. And um, just talking a little bit about the coaching comparison, too. I mean, Jake Rudin obviously has had trouble, you know, riling up his team in the past. They come out flat when, when you least expect them to. So this will be a big game for them. If they can come out with really good energy like they did in week one, that'll show something, maybe a little bit of a culture shift in the locker room towards more energetic playing style and, you know, actual motivation. And then on the Colts side of the ball, this is only Frank Reich's second game as the head coach of that team. And, you know, the Redskins took on Steve Wilkes in week one and his coaching debut with the Cardinals. So I don't think that could be written off either because even though obviously Wilkes is going to be a good head coach and Reich has the potential to be a good head coach as well. And, you know, they're both very smart men. They just probably need more time to get their system ingrained into these players and, you know, really be clicking on all cylinders. So the Redskins got lucky in a way that they're facing these two new coaches so early in the season. So I think it's going to be important to watch how Reich's offense is coming together and uh, whether or not the defense is starting to click. But I think more li- more likely than not, we're going to start seeing flashes of what the Colts are capable of. But I'm not convinced that they're going to be fully there yet which is why I still think the Redskins are going to be able to win this game, especially if they can just operate with the same game plan they did against the Cardinals in week one. And if they dominate possession again, they will wear out that young Colts defense very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're all good points. And, and this is a game that you you really kind of want to, you want to put in your pocket and have a, 
two and zero going into week three, where you know we see we're monitoring everyone's monitoring what's going on in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Um, the coach came out today, Michael McCarthy came out today and said, you know, he's getting better. I don't know how much you know stock you could put into that. You know, we we gonna tell teams, you know, he's not playing or he is playing or whatever. So you leave it up in the air. But I mean, there's there's clearly something wrong with Rodgers. You know, that's you know he he labored. In the second half of that week one game, and uh, you know he may miss this game if he goes out there and plays again. I don't see him being one hundred percent. So, you know, if he if he gets the whether he's one hundred percent or not going into that Packers matchup two and zero, where you have a chance to get three and zero without Aaron Rodgers, or you know maybe take that loss going into the bye week, and you know going to the bye week two and one still strong. I think that's that's going to be huge for the I'd say second half, but their bye weeks in week four, so. You know the second three quarters of the season. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this is one of those. It's not a bit. I don't want to make overblown and say this is a big game. This is a must-have game. But this is a game that you know you should win, and really you want to win to have your chances going late. Because when we look at the division, uh, the Cowboys are clearly they're not that good. You know, Zeke Elliott's going to do his thing. You know, he's going to take over some games. They're going to win some games, but they're not the juggernaut they were a couple years ago. The Giants still look like they're going to be up and down, or down than up. It, it's it would seem, you know, they still, have, you know, Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley to do whatever he's going to do. The defense isn't terrible, but they're they're not going to be competing for the the division. And you look at the Eagles without Carson Wentz, that team is just not that great. I mean, they're they're not, you know, they, they should have lost that Week One game. Um, they're going down. I think they play the Bucks this mm-hmm. week, where uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick just, you know. Drop fifty fantasy points on everybody, or I guess in everybody's free agency. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that team's just not that good, and we don't know when Carson Wentz is going to be back. So if you can stockpile a few of these games early, when it comes down to the final few weeks of the season, I mean, th- these games could really matter. Come to the final, and like you know, having that better record for the division. So this is definitely this game, and I'd say next week, whether Rogers there or not, these are two fairly decent-sized games where you, you want to go in there and win, and I think this is one this week where they absolutely should go in and win, no questions asked. Yeah, for sure. I, I really wish that uh, Fitzpatrick was on my fantasy team instead of Deshaun Watson in week one. But uh, going away from that tangent, yeah, I think this is definitely a big game. And it's not a big game necessarily you have to win or else your playoff hopes are over. But it's like it's a game you should win, and it can really set you up for – bigger bigger stuff down the road like you said i mean and going back to the nfc east real quick the uh yeah the cowboys and giants both of them look like you know they're definitely not there yet and then the eagles and falcons they played each other in week one those were two teams to me that i was very high on in the offseason and neither one really looked that good i mean i know the eagles are a good i know they're both very good rosters and I, i think it was the week one jitters were part of it i think the eagles will rebound uh, the Falcons had some injuries, so that that they have a very murky season ahead. But I think the Redskins, you look at it from just a one-week sample size, the Redskins can definitely be players in the division if they keep it up and if the Eagles suffer any setbacks with Nick Foles. It, but it's definitely a lot of speculation even now into the season, so we're going to have to take a look. Oh, shoot, my cat's sneezing. Hang on. Uh, so 
going into the Colts game, guys, uh, we're almost out of time. Jacob, Nathan, really quick. Any last thoughts that you just want to get out there? Jacob, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, we've been saying it the whole time. They really should win this game, and let's just, let's just look for them to bring that consistent energy for the second straight game. And like you said, Nathan, if they're two and zero going into that Packers game, it takes a lot of pressure off, especially if Aaron Rodgers isn't a hundred percent. So let's go out there and get a win. Yeah, I echo everything you said. Everything we said all podcast. I think that this is going to be a fun game to watch. I think that. You know, Skins fans are going to be able to sit down and watch this game and, and really enjoy what this team's going to do. I don't see any reason why they should go out. I mean, they'd have to lay a complete dud to go out there and lose this game, I think. Um, you know, start the Redskins defense. If you have it in fantasy, start Chris Thompson. You know, I'd even, you know, start Adrian Peterson. I, I think that he's going to have a little bit less of a workload on his plate this week, but I could see him going and getting, you know, another 80 yards some catches and a touchdown. So should be a fun day for Redskins in any aspect, whether you're just watching or whether you own them in fantasy. Yeah. I would ask for a score prediction, but I don't want to jinx it quite yet. So we will <laughs> leave that off the table. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time, guys. So sorry for the wait. We are back, though. We're going to try and give you the Rigos Rag podcast whenever we have time. So just always keep an eye out for it. And as always, you know, thanks for listening. Thanks for reading our content. Really appreciate it. Uh, We got to go, though, out of time. Thanks for listening once more. Uh, Peace out.